0: You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus.
1: Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat. To Michael Bumpus who bounces off of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus. And the kid out of Washington State has found himself a
0: place on this team. Now, here's your host, NASA Chobie. It was one hell of a night as the Seahawks take down the New York football Giants 24-3 on Monday Night Football. And it was a great night. The stars were out and the Seahawks showed up and showed out. This defense, the offense, everyone showed up to play in New York City. And we're going to get right into it with what had happened.
1: See what had happened at first. What
0: happened was. What had happened was. On Hawk Talk. Bump, this had me feeling old school, dog. Pete Carroll, Seahawks yeah. defense, a beatdown, start to finish, suffocating, getting no yards, taking the ball away, big hits. And, man, it's been a while that I can remember a defensive performance like we saw. It's been years, honestly, you know, having Jamal come back and the energy around it and Spoon and everything we saw, man. But in typical Seahawks fashion, it was still kind of a funky primetime game that the Hawks were involved in, but – uh I'm just really excited when I got to see Bump because it showed me, man, the future's bright with this team.
1: Yeah, man, you look at the record and you're like, all right, 2-1-1. Who is this team? Are they for real? But then you you can't forget that. Their record on Monday night is crazy. When it comes to primetime games, Pete does a good job of getting these guys ready to go. So they start the game, and the tone was set early, right? The Giants go on 11-play, 48-yard drive, and they get stopped on fourth down as Daniel Jones tried to do a little push-tush, little QB sneak, and Draymond Jones and Brooks shut that down automatically. But this night was all about the return of Jamal Adams, right? Everyone's excited. Jamal's going to be great. Let's see what he does. And early, he was great. Got his hands on a quarterback, could have had a sack, had a a big tackle. I remember Rabel saying that uh, whoever he tackled going to need some dental work done because uh, he hit him hard. And then a few plays later, he's going down to hit Daniel Jones low. Looked like he might have slipped a little bit. Daniel Jones knees him in the head. You knew as soon as he got hit that he was concussed.
0: Yeah, it was a really hard scene. We were kind of painting a picture of the whole pre- and post-game crew was together, including Jordan Babno and Brian Walters. We are all together in this big conference room watching that. Yeah, and the second you saw the tackle and the contact and he kind of stayed down, your heart just sank, at least for me personally. Because yeah. I haven't been there through everything, but I remember seeing Jamal when he came back after tearing his quad a couple games into the year on a wheelchair. And just to see his journey and then hear him at his press conference last week talking about everything he went through, reaching down, and his kneecap wasn't there, not being able to go to the bathroom by himself, not being able to do all those things. And for him to finally come back in New York, the stage was set. I just wanted him to ball out and have the best night possible. And he showed his impact. His impact was real through that first drive. And you could see all the things that were going to happen for him. And it's just just a bummer. And that's just, um, that's life, I guess, man. I'm just – So, Jamal, he's – Suffering a concussion. Pete Carroll said he should be back after the bye week. So definitely, even though it was a little glimpse bump, I'm still excited about what uh, Jamal could bring to this team.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you saw the energy. You saw the passion. You saw him playing fast, too. So you should be good to go. All right, so we, we got past that. And then let's talk about the next Three drives that would end on punts for both teams. And the Seahawks were just killed by penalties, man. There was a holding call that wiped out a pass. The defense Tyrell Lockett down the field. But the defense will come through clutch. Man, Mario Edwards gets his hands on Daniel Jones. A little strip sack there. Jordan Brooks will recover that thing on the giant seven-yard line. Then two plays later, Geno Smith would find DK. Well, almost like it wasn't a no look by DK, but it was. he was playing possum. Right? The defenders between him and Geno. DK's looking at Gino. The defender's not looking. DK keeps his hands to his side. Gino throws a dart to the sideline. Last second, Gino flashes those hands and scores a touchdown. DK said in his press comments, the first time he's ever done anything like that. And he, uh, he gives credit to Tyler Lockett.
0: That's the hardest thing to defend as a DB. I mean, it, it... When you're doing everything you can as defensive back, the play, Gino's broken out of the pocket. The play's been going for about four or five seconds. You feel like you've been covering for an eternity. You're thinking he almost lulled them to sleep. You almost kind of relaxed, and then he flashes yeah. those hands late and just cold, cold move by DK. After that, both teams would exchange punts, and the Giants would get back on the board with a field goal or get on the board, making the score 7-3, to three, and that would be the only points the Giants would get all night long. Hawks come right back, answer with a seven play, 75 yard drive that ended with a Ken Walker touchdown that made the score 14 to three before halftime. But that wasn't just any old drive bump. That wasn't your, you know, run of the mill, normal seven play touchdown drive. That drive was led by Drew Locke, who came in for Geno Smith after he kind of got horse tackled on the sideline. He's getting his knee checked out. So Drew Locke comes in. But what else happened? You, the Seahawks lose Damian Lewis. The Seahawks lose Phil Haynes. So now you have an offensive line that features Stone Forsyth. Okay, you got Evan Brown who had to move over to guard. Olu, Olu Timmy comes in at center. Anthony Bradford steps back in there at guard. And then you have uh, Jake Curhan. So this is a unit that's never been out there. This would have been right. a unit that might have been the second or third string in preseason. Here they are in an NFL game on Monday Night Football, killing the game, keeping this team ab- above water and going down and getting a touchdown drive. So it's just – I just love to see that. And I was super happy for Drew Lock, man. You saw a smile on his face, saw Pete walk over them, get a little fist bump, and I'm just like, man, that's got to feel so good for that guy who comes in, prepares every single day like he's going to be the starter. So for him to get in and make a couple big plays, he found Noah Fant for that long 51-yard gain, and then Ken punches in after that. So it's definitely really cool to see those guys get out there and still allow this offense to function and do good things.
1: Yeah, I felt good with you out there. I didn't feel like he was uh, overwhelmed or not in control of the situation. You look at his numbers, you could say, oh, well, he didn't do much. He was two for six. But there are a couple throws he had that I felt like were catchable. There's one to Tyler Lockett on the sideline, another one to JSM. This dude has not seen regular season action, action since week 17 of the 2021 season. So it was nice to see him out there. Um. After the the score and drive, the Hawks would turn the ball over on downs. After a good drive, and then go three and out on the following possession. The Giants would start moving the ball, moving it, picked up first downs on two or three consecutive third downs. And then the guy who set the tone for this game, I feel like on defense comes up with the biggest play of the season so far. Your number five pick Devin Witherspoon picks off Daniel Jones, runs it back 97 yards for a touchdown. They made it 21 to three and pretty much ended the game with some time left on the third, uh, in the third quarter. Uh, great play by that young man. He was, he had two sacks. We'll talk about his stats again later he Had two sacks um, and that pick six, I wouldn't say it's a coming out party because I think that if you watch the Seahawks, you kind of see what this dude is capable of already. But he found a way to put it all together on Monday.
0: Oh, the bright lights, man. It couldn't have happened in a better place or a better time slot because you got the nation watching. Everyone's looking out for this kid. For some reason, some people were questioning why the Seahawks went this way at number five. Well, you're not questioning that anymore. Right, The rest of the nation kind of learned what Seahawks fans already knew who've been watching the last couple weeks. This guy's a dog. There's a reason you look at the film. It jumps out. There's a reason Pete Carroll compared him to Troy Polamalu. That's not an accident, and we got to see that on Monday night. So I love that. And then defensively, they just balled out. 11 sacks? Come on now. For context, everybody, the NFL record is fourteen. And if we're being real, the Seahawks could have broke it. There was a couple plays where they just missed him or they tackled him and he got back to the line of scrimmage or a yard or two. So they were balling out. Then Quandry Diggs gets him an interception, and they just smothered Daniel Jones all night, man. It was, it was unreal. And during the broadcast, we heard so much about how the Giants were missing linemen. The Seahawks missed their entire line. No one was playing their position. <laughs> but when we started the season against the Rams and the Seahawks gave up two sacks, they gave up 11. So... I don't know, man. It was just really cool to see the defense perform the way they did. Defense doing
1: what they got to do, and then the Hawks doing it once again at MetLife Stadium. They're now six and zero at that stadium. Um, you know, they 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 might own some real estate over there as much as they've been winning over there the past few years. And like I said, a Monday Night Football, the Hawks are twenty nine and seventeen. That's the best winning percentage in the game. On Monday Night Football, Pete here also passed Mike Holmgren for 15th place on the NFL's all-time winning his coach list with 175 of those things. And lastly, DK, ties Steve Largen, and Joey Galloway for first place for most receiving touchdowns in their players' first five seasons in franchise history. Um, man, good night overall. Pete gets some love. Witherspoon gets some love. The team gets some love. Undefeated at, at MetLife. And then DK doing DK things, man. Good night for the Seahawks. Put the nation on notice.
0: Love to see it. Love to see what the Seahawks are doing. Three and zero, rolling into the bye week, and this is great. We just had a meeting earlier today, and when you win before going into the bye week, it feels like a two week win. You get to simmer on it and have that feeling for a little bit longer, man. But so great to see. But let's go back into this game and figure out who made plays. Touchdown, Seahawks! Playmakers. Holy catfish is right. We heard that from these guys on the field. We talked about him already. Devin Witherspoon. I mentioned it. Anyone who doubted why John Schneider in the scouting department picked Devin Witherspoon with a fifth overall pick. That should be put to bed. I mean, if you're not paying attention right now, John Schneider and the rest of that team know what they're doing. They saw the athlete that Devin Witherspoon is and the instinctual player that he was. And we got to see that in full display. Seven tackles, two sacks, two TFLs, one pass defendant, three QB hits, 97-yard pick six. That's the second longest interception return in Seahawks history. Since sacks became an official stat in 1982, Witherspoon was the 27th player with two sacks and a pick six in a regular season or postseason game and just the third rookie to accomplish that feat. Man, when you walked away from that game bump, you're like, Devin Witherspoon, at least for the majority of that game was the best player on the field, which is saying something when you're sharing that yeah. field with Bobby Wagner, with how Jordan Brooks has been playing, Jay Reed, obviously on offense, Gino, DK, Ken, whatever position, doesn't matter. Witherspoon balled out, and I just – his explosiveness, boom. And it's a short burst. It's here, the one big hit he had on the running back where he comes in and runs support, right. you're blitzing him off the edge. And you look at a guy with his frame, you wouldn't think that you would – have the physicality that he does. You would not think about it, but man, does that boy bring the lumber. And it's good to see because Witherspoon, I'm just excited because now the the possibilities are endless because I'll throw a little shout-out to Mike Jackson who started and or played a lot when Spoon went into the slot because he's just so versatile. But as guys get healthy, there's going to be so many options in that secondary. And if now Witherspoon is taking the ball away, good luck, team. Good luck, teams out there because it's going to get nasty in the Seahawks' secondary.
1: Yeah, I think this kind of calms down the should have taken Jalen Carter talk because he has more sacks than Jalen Carter, and he also has a touchdown to the house. No, great to see Witherspoon set the tone. That's exactly what he did. Man, but old man Bobby Wagner had himself a day, too. 17 tackles, two sacks, two TFLs, two quarterback hits. And on Monday night, he passed Cortez Kennedy for eighth place in the franchise history with 154 games started. Man, 33 years old. 12th season in the league and he is still getting it done. I think PFF had him rated as um, having the best game overall, which is crazy after seeing what Witherspoon did. But I think when you accumulate all of those tackles, um, you get that those TFLs and quarterback hits and sacks. It's all good, man. He found the fountain of youth on Monday night football.
0: It, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised because I've seen, so this is my eighth season with the Seahawks. I've seen Bobby up close and personal for seven of those seasons. And my goodness, No one prepares harder than that dude. No one takes care of his body more than Bobby Wagner. No one is dedicated to his craft as much as Bobby. So I'm not surprised, but still, man, at some point, father time usually comes for you. Bobby Wagner right now is winning that fight bump. He is winning that fight. We all wish we could be Bobby. (laughs) Because I'm a one year younger than him, but I feel like I'm losing at times, you know? (laughs) Oh my goodness. But speaking of founding youth, Jordan Brooks right next to Bobby in there, and he's just balling out, man. He's playing some of the best football he's done since we drafted him in 2020. Ten tackles, two and a half or two sacks, one TFL, one QB hit, one fumble recovery. And he's just he just plays fast and it's violent. And everyone kind of has that attitude. And for me personally, I think that's the best I've seen him play. And maybe it's just because You have Bobby next to him, accentuating what he does well, and those guys can just go out there and play. Your defensive line is playing well. So I I just love what we're seeing from those guys in linebacking core.
1: Yeah, LBs are good to go, man. Those edge rushes are looking good, too. Agena Nwosu had six tackles. Two sacks, one TFL, and two quarterback hits. He probably honestly could have three or four sacks, but um, Daniel Jones is a little bit elusive. He got his paws on him, and he escaped. And then his partner in crime, man, you got Mario Edwards over there. He had three tackles, one sack, one pass defended, two quarterback hits, and one forced fumble. It seemed like if you played in the box, you got a sack or a TFL or something like that. Also, Mafe got in on the mix, too. He could have had a couple. He ended up with one. Overall, man, the Seahawks defense, they tied the team record for sacks in the game with 11. Last time they did that was 1986 versus the L.A. Raiders, man. They had 10 TFLs, four passes defended, 14 quarterback hits, three forced turnovers, and they held the Giants to 248 yards and two big fourth down stops. It was all about the defense. Offense didn't have to do much. Right, you look at the yards, it wasn't great. They did enough, but the defense really held it down.
0: I said it to open the show. That performance made you feel like some old school Seahawk football. It was physical. They got after guys and if they they're just going to build confidence. You you put tape out there like that and guys start feeling good. It's going to be a great thing. And you mentioned the offense, man. It's it's rare bump that we get, you know, 10 players deep, however many we just mentioned before we mentioned an offensive player. I mean, that's what was going down. I mean, Ken Walker, he had a nice day. 17 carries, 79 yards, one touchdown. Noah Fan had two receptions for 63 yards, including that 51-yard reception that set up a Ken Walker touchdown. So these guys played well. And I I mentioned it earlier, this offensive line has been just, you know, were, were they perfect? Did they all grade out at 100%? No. But they were playing against some dogs. The, the New York Giants have some great interior linemen. And they, Thibodeau is another guy that just took him in top five. So they have some dogs in there. And once again, they hold up. Two sacks while playing without four starters. And Evan Brown, who goes from playing center to guard, I promise he probably hasn't been getting a lot of reps at guard, but he's just smart enough that he just slid in there. And it was effortless. It wasn't like we started having pre-snap penalties or false starts or procedural, can't get out of the huddle. No, Olu came in, didn't miss a beat. Raffer steps in again for Phil Haynes, didn't miss a beat. You know what I'm saying? Stone fourth ice, Jake Kerhan, doing their best to continue to hold it down. So shout out to Andy Dickerson. I heard you talk about this on your show. I've heard Ray talk about it. Andy need some credit because this o-line is balling he's got everyone in that room almost everybody on that room ready to play because only two other guys on the act i think only one of the guy in the active roster didn't get in the game on monday night so that just shows wow. you how well this o-line is playing his coaching staff everybody so big ups there bump and it wasn't the biggest night for the guys outside Bump. let's talk about the receiver roundup here
1: Yeah, you're right. It wasn't the uh, the biggest night, but enough to get it done. Noah Fan led all receivers. He's a tight end, but he receives a rock. He had two receptions for 63 yards, a long 51-yard gain from Drew Lockett. And then you got Tyler Lockett. He had four for 54. DK had three for 34 and a touchdown. Cody Thompson was activated. He had one for 10. Charbonnet, one for nine. And Jackson Smith and Jigba still trying to get him going, but he did have six targets. He had three catches. Four, five yards, but uh, let's go to coach's quarter, man. Let's break down some film. Let's get it.
0: We talked about this play. This is one of the biggest plays from Monday night. Devin Witherspoon we talked about it. The fifth overall pick in the draft finally gets to show his stuff off to the world on Monday Night Football as he picks off Daniel Jones and runs back in 97 yards for a touchdown.
1: So Jones from the shotgun freedom beside him in the backfield single wide out left with a slot to the right side. Seattle looks like they want to rush four And they do. Jones is going to throw, throws near side. Ball picked up. Witherspoon comes near side, down the sidelines. Jones chasing him. He comes back inside, picks up blockers. Still being chased. Witherspoon far side, 20, 15, 10, 5. He is in. Holy catfish. Witherspoon went a mile and a half with the interception for a touchdown. Be where you're supposed to be. And sometimes (laughs) the football guys will bless you with a gift. And that's essentially what happened to Witherspoon. You're looking at what they got going right there. I believe that's Tariq Woolen outside of him. He's responsible for the deep third now. They are on what, the five to six-yard line. So there's not a lot of room for Woolen to cover on the outside. But Witherspoon knows he has to fly. He's good to go. The number two receiver runs kind of like a slide route. I call it a slide because you're going outside back to end. Whip, you go inside back to out. So the receiver goes outside of Witherspoon's right shoulder, and then he slides back in. Witherspoon's in great position to make a play. Now, the throw is horrible. And sometimes you just be where you're supposed to be, like I said, and you get a gift. Daniel Jones probably should have worked the back of the end zone to Darren Waller, but he missed that. He was going to a slot receiver. Witherspoon, just where he is supposed to be, gets a gift, and now he is gone. And now the funny part about this is I remember Witherspoon talking post game about Jay love and Reek Willen making him look slow. I'm I'm just saying, Reek Willen ran a 4-2. And he going he gonna to run down anybody. What matters is, he made the quarterback miss, looked like he was getting gassed around the 30, had just enough to score the touchdown. That has to be a great feeling for your first touchdown in the NFL to go back to the end zone for 97 yards. Good play.
0: Oh, no question about it. What I love, too, is you mentioned Reek and, and Julian Love. He's Julian Love's the reason this is a touchdown. Because you mentioned right. it, Witherspoon gets a little tired around the 30-yard line, and Julian Love is not even in the picture at first. And he comes out of nowhere and gets gets upfield from the other side and then gets that last block, kind of the touchdown saving block, which I love. And I would love to know what conversations were being had with Julian uh, Love back in New York talking to some of his homies as they go into the end zone, which we at that point we knew kind of sealed the deal. So definitely love to see that. And then I totally agree with you on the Daniel Jones. He probably needs that, that corner route is a, a ball he yep. needs to get to. The crazy thing is, is – He's kind of locked in on where he wants to go. I feel like so he's already going that way before Waller even has a chance to get his his route to develop. But I just wonder, man. Reek is so long and freaky. Does he get back there in that corner? Does he make up ground enough? I don't know. I think it does. Either way, to your point, bump. It was a bad throw. <laughs> it was a bad <laughs> throw because if you <laughs> throw that where it's supposed to go, you know maybe it's a tackle for sure. But either right. way, you still have to make the play. Just because the ball comes near, especially defensive back, doesn't mean okay, well, you still have to make the play. You still have to pick the ball. You still have to run it back 97 yards for a touchdown. So I love what I see from Devin Witherspoon. I think this is the tip of the iceberg for this man. And, uh, yeah, it was a great, great overall win, which gets us to our favorite formation in football.
1: Here comes the Seahawks offense onto the field and the Vikings defense trudging out there, knowing that one kneel down and the seahawks are going to wind the clock down and win this one
0: it's the victory formation on hawk
1: talk gotta love victory formation man it was all about that defense on monday night record tying 11 sacks for the seahawks franchise time record three turnovers a pick six 14 tackles for loss and then you had three points a lot i don't care who you're playing you allow three points in the nfl you get to go and then the guy we're just talking about devin witherspoon looked like the best player on the field during that game he tackled he rallied to the football he had sacks he had open field tackles he had a pick six everything a db could possibly do while playing defense that young man did it and it was impressive to watch
0: man i it was just it it, we were talking about it it took us a little while to get to sleep after watching that game so jacked up and fired up watching these guys play because it just shows you the potential where they can get to and then offensively, it's about unsung heroes. It's about next man up. I think people talk about that a lot. But it's another thing to live it and actually do it. And right now, the Seahawks offensive line is doing it. To manage, they scored 24 points. You know, the defense set one of those touchdowns up with a, with a sack fumble there. But they still were able to move the ball and do certain things with a lot of different guys shuffling in and out there. And when the season came out bump, we were like, hey, the bye week came way too early. But it definitely did not. So I am, man. I, I'm excited because look at these names that we could get back. Jamal, Kobe, Artie Burns, Trey Brown, Abe Lucas, Charles Cross, Damian Lewis, Phil Haynes. Oh, and here's another play, player that people have not even seen. Um, Kenny McIntosh at some point is going to be able to come Damn. off IR. So I'm, this team, you, you get to a point now where it's like, it's going to be hard to get on the field. It's yep. gonna if we get healthy, there's gonna be a lot of good players that are healthy scratches because it's gonna be a dogfight fight to get in bump. But I'm just excited about the potential of these guys getting healthy.
1: Let's go get healthy. The bye week coming at the perfect time. When the season started, we said week five, too early. Fast forward to week four, perfect. Everybody get right, especially Jamal, man. Big ups to Jamal. We know how hard you worked back or work to get back. And uh you were balling before you went down. So get healthy, man, and, and let's get this defense rolling again.
0: No question about it. I, I We have not seen the last. Jamal is going to have an impact on this season and what the Seahawks are doing offensively. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about this win. The Seahawks are 3-1 and one going into the bye week. A lot of good times here at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. Reminder, you can catch us everywhere on the Seahawks Podcast Network, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Sirius XM and if you're listening on Apple please make sure to rate us five stars we appreciate the love he's Michael Bumpus I'm Nasset we're going to take a little week off we'll be back with you next week as we preview the Cincinnati Bengals Seahawks beat the Giants 24 to 3